You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. are going to live for Christ, they will come against you. And that's why repeatedly God tells his people, do not be afraid of them and do not be discouraged. They're on every university campus, even some that claim to be Christian universities. And if you're going to be worth your salt, and if you're going to win and continue to win, you're going to need courage. And you're going to need the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. Although Scripture clearly states that the world will hate us because it first hated Jesus, we somehow still get caught off guard. However, how we respond to the hatred of others makes all the difference in the world when it comes to our witness. In today's message, Pastor Danny reminds us that when we take a bold stand for Christ, opposition and resentment are to be expected. In our study, we learn that our best defense against this hatred is none other than the sword of the Spirit, God's written Word. Now here's Pastor Danny in Joshua chapter 10 with part two of his message, The Sword of the Lord. Verse 7, I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town, but withheld it from another. One field had rain, another had none, and dried up. People staggered from town to town for water, but did not get enough to drink. But you've not returned to me. In other words, I did that. I withheld my blessing to try to get you to repent, to get your attention. But watch what happens here. It goes from simple loss of financial material blessing, and it gets more severe. Many times I struck your gardens and vineyards. I struck them with blight and mildew. Locusts devoured your fig and olive trees. Yet you've not returned to me, declares the Lord. Verse 10, I sent plagues among you. That's when all of a sudden you get physical illness. First Corinthians, some of you are weak and sick. As I did to Egypt, I killed your young men. Sometimes there was tragedy, people dying. I killed you young men with the sword along with your captured horses. I filled your nostrils with the stench of your camps, yet you've not returned to me. And then it gets really severe. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like a burning stick snatched from the fire, which tells me you're saved, but you're living like the world, yet you've not returned to me. And then the final is verse 12. Therefore, this is what I will do to you, Israel. And because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God. I mean, that's just as clear as the nose on my face. And I got a really clear nose. Is God fighting for you? Or is God fighting against you? Numbers chapter 22 is one of my favorite Old Testament stories. I've taught on it many times. I've read it through many, many times. 
And you, you can't read a story like Numbers chapter 22 and not know that God has a sense of humor. I mean, it goes like this. Balaam got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, went with the princes of Moab, who they've come to hire him to put a curse on Israel. But God was very angry when he went because God initially said, don't go with them. Well, he goes with them and God's angry. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Now, you might know that story. Let me just summarize it. Here's the angel of the Lord again with a sword. Here comes Balaam riding on his donkey. And here's Christ, Christ there with the drawn sword. But Balaam has no spiritual sight. The donkey has more spiritual sight than Balaam. And the donkey sees the angel of the Lord with the sword and so tries to save her life and Balaam's life. Three times he beats his donkey. And then finally, the Lord opens the donkey's mouth to speak like a human being. Don't know if it was a female donkey or a male donkey. I don't know if it was why are you beating me like this? Or why are you beating me like this? You know, but the donkey begins to speak and Balaam begins to have a conversation with his donkey. The donkey says, have I been in the habit of doing this to you all the time? You've ridden me. And he starts to think and he says, well, as a matter of fact, you haven't. And right here, the section, the angel of the Lord finally, Balaam's eyes are open. He sees the angel of the Lord. And the angel, verse 32, asked him, why have you beaten me these three times? And why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I've come here to oppose you because your path, your way is a reckless one before me. Christ had come to oppose Balaam because he's on a path toward destruction. It was a gracious thing. Because God didn't want to fight against him. He wanted to fight for him. Back in Joshua, God gives victory to Israel over the kings that had come against the Gibeonites. And then look at what he says, verse 25 of chapter 10. Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. That sounds like the same message, doesn't it? And you find it repeatedly. Why did they need it again? Because you get discouraged in life where the battle is really fought. And you get one victory, but you got to now go back into the battle, and God says, okay. That's the way it was. I gave you victory. I want to give you future victory. There is something repeated in this section. And this is a real important time in the service (laughs) to not fall asleep. I'm just encouraging. I'm not saying somebody's falling asleep. I didn't say that. But you don't want to miss this. It's good. Not because I'm teaching it. Because it's the word of God. And you got to see this. You just got to see this. It was so fresh for me. Chapter 10, 
And we're just going to highlight a few verses here. Chapter 10, verse 28. That day Joshua took Makeda. He put the city and its king to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it. Verse 29, then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Makeda to Libna and attacked it. The Lord also gave that city and its king into Israel's hand. The city and everyone in it, Joshua put to the sword. Verse 32, the Lord handed Lachish over to Israel and Joshua took it on the second day. The city and everyone in it, he put to the sword. Verse 34, then Joshua and all Israel with him moved from Lachish to Eglon. They took positions against it and attacked it. They captured, in, uh, they captured it that same day and put it to the sword. Verse 37, they took that city and put it to the sword. Verse 38, then Joshua and all Israel with him turned around and attacked Debur. They took the city, its king and its villages, and put them to the sword. Whenever you see some phrase repeated again and again and again and again, please take note of it. They won in every place they fought and in every battle with a sword. Now, it was crucial that they make the daily decision to submit to the commander of the Lord's army. He also has a sword, and then he gives them swords. He's given you a sword. Ephesians 6. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The context of Ephesians 6, you have the belt of truth that keeps your spiritual pants up, aching, no hidden sin. Because you may be sure your sin will find you out. There's the breastplate of righteousness. That's not only righteousness by faith. That's the practical righteousness of submitting my life daily. There's the readiness of the gospel. If you don't have something to share, you're not really saved. If you're really saved, you have something to share. You have the gospel of peace. And you're willing and ready to share with others the message of salvation because God saved you and your heart of love that he's put in you now by the Holy Spirit wants to see all men saved like he wants all men saved. The gospel of peace. Your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith that's overcome the world. The helmet of salvation so now you're not worried about death. And then the last one is prayer. And then right in there just before prayer is the sword of the Spirit. Now, while all the pieces of the armor of Ephesians 6 are vital and essential for victory, the star of our text today is clearly the sword. Clearly. Watch what happens after the Israelites wield the sword against the enemy and gain this tremendous victory. Back in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 42. All these kings and their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Then you get to chapter 11. They get a great victory, wielding the sword and having the Lord fight for them. When Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, he sent word to Jobab, king of Madden, to the kings of Shimron and 
Ashaph and in the northern kings who were in the mountains, in the Arabah south of Kinnereth, in the western foothills, all those places, to the Canaanites in the east, to the Amorites, Hittites, all the ites. And then they came, verse 4, out with all their troops and a large number of horses and chariots, a huge army as numerous as the sand on the seashore. All these kings joined forces and made camp together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. Hey, listen, could be a whole other message, but listen very carefully. You gain a victory because you've chosen to be on the side of the Lord. And he says, I'm going to fight for you. And you win a victory. And here's what happens. You think, oh, great. It's going to be smooth sailing from here. No, 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 no. The enemy's going to join forces. Because they hate, hate that you are now victorious. Because you've made a decision to make Christ your commander. And you've made a decision to follow Jesus. And now people know it. You're not incognito. You're not a Christian that nobody knows you're a Christian. You're now on the front lines, and you aren't arrogant about it, but you are not ashamed. And when that happens, when that happens, it is a spiritual battle, but we are in a physical world. And if you have not discovered yet, there are groups of people that may have nothing in common. They may be politically at odds with one another, like the Herodians and the Pharisees, but they got together against Jesus, and they'll get together against you. And there are people you work with, and there are people in the neighborhood, and there are people who are on the city council, and there are people who are on the school board. And if you are going to live for Christ they will come against you. And that's why repeatedly God tells his people, do not be afraid of them and do not be discouraged. They're on every university campus, even some that claim to be Christian universities. And if you're going to be worth your salt and if you're going to win and continue to win, you're going to need courage and you're going to need the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So chapter 11, after a great victory, and the the enemy unites in a fresh opposition, something you've heard before, verse 6, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. Because by this time tomorrow, I'll hand all of them over to Israel slain. You're to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. A little side note. Don't ever depend on the victory the way the world depends on victory. And then, as we bring it to a close, toward a close, let me highlight a few verses. Chapter 11, verse 7. So Joshua and his whole army came against them suddenly at the waters of Merom and attacked them, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. The Lord is fighting for them. Verse 10. At that time, Joshua turned back and captured Hazor and put its king to the sword. Verse 11. Everyone in it they put to the sword. Verse 12. First part, Joshua took all these royal cities and their kings and put them to 
the sword. Verse 14, the Israelites carried off for themselves all the plunder and livestock of these cities, but all the people they put to the sword. That's the emphasis. That's the message. And you don't want to miss verse 18 of chapter 11. Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time. Now, if you want an encouraging note, the end of the chapter, then the land had rest from war. Isn't that what we all long for? Not only in reality, physically, in terms of nation against nation and all the troubles in the Middle East and everywhere else, but the greatest battle and the eternal battle is a battle you and I face every day. And it's a very real battle. And you'll either live in victory or you'll live in defeat. It's really a very simple message, but boy, is it practical. Is God fighting for you? He wants to fight for you. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your family. But every day, every day, every every single day is a decision. Will I submit to the commander of the Lord's army? Will I submit to Christ? Now, let me make it very, 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 very practical. And this is, some, this is not new stuff for those of you who've been in church, especially church with me as a pastor. Because you've heard the word, the word, the word. And you've not only heard the word, you've heard me say, you need to develop a time to get in the word yourself. Now, God showed me years ago, babes in Christ don't do real well, generally speaking, in terms of personal Bible study. That doesn't mean you start, you should not begin personal Bible study. I think you should start right away reading the Bible. Now, but babes need to be fed, bottle fed. And so you need to, like everybody, of course, but especially babes, you need to be sitting under the teaching of the word on a regular basis. In our day, you need podcast. You need to listen to the word, have others teach you the word on a regular basis, daily, 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 daily. Saturate your life with the Word. I've been doing this a long time, but still today, this is my routine. I'm I'm not bragging. I'm trying to encourage you. Look, you can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm, I was a terrible student in school. Before I was a Christian, the only way I made it was by cheating. And then I was a C. I got a C by cheating. That tells you how bad I was. I mean, I'm just, that's just, I'm just not a natural student. But I believe man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's 1009 and I'm closing, but here's the closing and here's the invitation. It's not to walk down here as we, some of us did earlier. It's, are you making the word of God a priority in your life? Because your victory or defeat 
is dependent ultimately on two things. And if you just simplify two things, am I submitted to the commander of the Lord's army on a daily basis? Am I following Christ? And second, am I taking that essential piece of armor? Jesus needed it. The devil comes against him in the temptation in the wilderness, and every time the devil comes against him, what does he do? It is written. He pulls out the sword. I pull out the sword regularly. It's the word of God that keeps me faithful to my wife, not just because of my love for her, but I read in these Proverbs, many are the victims she has brought down, sexual sin. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. It's a real battle. Flee from sexual immorality. Verses like that come up, and it helps me. It's the sword of the Spirit. Jesus wielded the sword of the Spirit against the temptation of the enemy and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes pride of life. And listen, we all need it. And so every day I make it a point. I make it a point. Now, yesterday we got up early and went fishing and I didn't have my normal devotional time. He said, Oh, you terrible pastor. Look, look, there are going to be occasions. There are going to be occasions. Let's just be real with one another. I didn't get up at 430 in the morning and have my regular devotions. But the Lord showed me years ago, it's like when I'm away from my wife. Instead of some legalistic thing where God's saying, you didn't get with me today, you know, it's a loving thing that, man, I missed my time with the Lord this morning. Now, I had my time with the Lord. I just didn't have my regular morning reading. I had a wonderful prayer time and a great time on the Gulf of Mexico. And once we got that big 30-inch grouper, it was praise the Lord all over the boat. And the only thing that could make that grouper better, and some of us here know it, Tim, is if we caught it, not Cameron. But we were happy for Cameron. God bless him. God bless him. And next time we're going to catch two. Back to the point. You're thinking about fishing now. God, I got you off. Look, I have a daily Bible reading plan. I've used different ones over the years. I'm back right now to the Victory Bible reading plan. It'll take you to the Bible in one year's time, and all it takes is a little bit of discipline. I am closing. I am going to shut up. It's only 10, 12, though. I'm still in legal time. But look, would you make a decision? Would you make a decision right now? to make the Word of God a priority in your life. If you're a babe in Christ, then get some podcasts, get some teaching tapes, get whatever, and get the Word of God regularly into your life. And even with that, develop a daily time. You may start reading in some places. You go, I don't know what in the world that means. Then pray and ask God to show you, and in His time, He'll show you. The more sword you have in your sheath, the more weapon you will have in your hand. Thy word, David said, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You're going to go through difficult times in life, and some of you are going through them. And guess what? It's the word of God that's going to sustain you. It's the word of God that's going to encourage you. You just keep pulling out that sword against the enemy. And that's how we win the victory. Submission to our commander. 
saturation with the Word of God. The children of Israel had traveled miles to reach the land that God had promised them, and their time of waiting was finally reaching an end. Their leader had changed, their numbers had changed, but their creator and deliverer had not. God was with them in the wilderness and would be with them as they entered the promised land. Just as God was with the Israelites long ago, He's also with you today. He's been by your side through every trial and every triumph, and He promises to be your strength and guide in all that's still to come. So step forward in faith, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Pastor Danny Hodges will return soon with another message from the book of Joshua. But in the meantime, you can access more teachings from the Word of God by visiting our website, ccfstpete.church. Just click Sermons to be directed to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way, you'll never miss a new edition of The Living Word. Are you listening in the St. Petersburg area right now? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. And your presence would be such a blessing to us. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Once more, that website is ccfstpete.church. Thanks again for tuning in today, and we hope you'll join us next time on The Living Word.